Whether you're in the hospital or an outpatient, you know how crucial getting your medication is. But did you ever think about all the people behind the scenes making sure you get the accurate medicine on time and the right dose? Today, our guests are Dr. Shirley Guan and Dr. Keegan Batchelor. They're going to tell us about medication safety and pharmacy advancements at Community Memorial Healthcare. This is Wise and Well, presented by Community Memorial Healthcare. I'm your host, Maggie McKay. Welcome, Dr. Guan and Dr. Batchelor. Thank you so much for making the time to be here today. Thank you for having us. Yes, likewise. Absolutely. Dr. Guan, you are the Medication Safety Coordinator at Community Memorial, and Dr. Batchelor, you're the Manager of Outpatient Pharmacy Operations. Can you both tell us what those titles mean and what it takes in terms of education and training to become a pharmacist? Yeah, I could tell you I have, since I started Medication Safety Coordinator, which was last year, previously I was a retail pharmacist and also worked in hospital pharmacy for the last seven years. It takes a lot of knowledge to know how the system operates in order to serve as a medication safety coordinator. I feel like I am the liaison to work with a multidisciplinary team that consists of physicians, nurses, and leadership members working to improve medication quality and safety, as well as addressing any potential improvements in our system on medication use. And what does it take in terms of education and training? How long does it take to become a pharmacist? For me, it took four years of undergrad. I had a Bachelor of Science degree and then another four years for Doctor of Pharmacy. Okay. And Dr. Bachelor? Yeah, I have a similar history in that in that matter. I went to a traditional four-year undergrad and received my bachelor's in science and then pursued a doctorate in pharmacy school, which is an additional four years. You will hear there are other options. They have accelerated programs like University of Pacific, for instance, does have an accelerated program. You can get your doctorate in three years after your undergrad. They even have a, an even more accelerated program that allows them to get their undergrad in, I believe it's full doctorate within, I believe it's four years or five years. And they go by the speed of the, of the student. So that if the student would like to go faster or slower, they, they kind of adjust it. So that's a unique situation, but they do have those opportunities out there for pharmacists. Yeah, and it doesn't just end right there after your four years of doctoral degree. Once you come out, you could specialize in inpatient pharmacy. They have residencies out there for pharmacists to train you in whether you want to specialize in acute care settings or outpatient settings. They also have ambulatory care services more related to medication management therapy There's a variety of things you can do, and it goes all the way from one to three years and includes fellowships as well. And Dr. Batchelor, what does your title mean, Manager of Outpatient Pharmacy Operations? Essentially, I'm the pharmacist that overlooks all the staffing here at our outpatient pharmacy at CMH. It could be as simple as ordering paper. It could be interpersonal situations that I have to discuss with my, my staff and Oftentimes, it's just kind of fixing things. So we're at the hospital, but we're actually separate. So we're a building not located in the hospital, like a traditional pharmacy that you'll find in the basement, but we're actually building on the other side of the parking lot. 
but we do work within the hospital itself. So if there's an instance where I need to reach out to a nurse or a doctor and there was a situation where we need to fix, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who kind of helps bridge that gap, helps with communication between our staff here at the hospital and outpatient because we are one, we're all on the same team which is kind of unusual compared to most retail pharmacies, such as Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid. They're complete separate entities. They call the hospital if they have questions about prescriptions, but they don't have the same resources that we do here at CMH. And Dr. Guan, what is medication safety? How important is that? To start off with, I feel like most people associate medication safety with adverse effects of certain prescriptions they see on television. They might also hear horror stories on the news of mistakes coming from nurses administering a wrongful medication to a patient, or maybe even a pharmacy filling in incorrect medication, thus leading to patient harm. So while this is not unheard of, medication safety really varies in risk and is a lot more complex than what the public kind of interprets it to be. So the overall goal of medication safety is to reduce the number of unsafe medication practices and errors that occur throughout the medication use process. And when I'm talking about medication use process, this can include anything from prescribing the medication, dispensing, preparing the drug, administration of the drug, as well as the storage of the medication. So in general, medications are not harmful when they're prescribed for its intended use. However, it should be conveyed that medication use is not without risks. Whenever there is a gap in medication use process, this has a potential to lead to medication errors and possibly even lead to patient harm. So for instance, when patients state that they feel good and they're currently on an antidepressant and they assume it's safe to stop their medication without consulting their physician, their healthcare practitioner, or maybe even their pharmacist. Patients may not know that they can end up experiencing severe withdrawal symptoms if they cold turkey stop the medication. And this could stem from a lack of education being provided to patients from both the physician's office and also at the end of the pharmacy consultation process. It's reported that up to 25% of all medication-related injuries are actually preventable. So my role as the medication safety coordinator is to optimize and improve our practices, as well as improving our system to prevent and mitigate any patient harm. But I believe it's crucial to start at the level of patients and ensuring that They're well-educated on what they take and why they're taking it. So we should always encourage patients to be an advocate for themselves and ask questions in order to be well-informed of their own care. Patients don't realize the risk associated with using multiple pharmacies. This is a term called polypharmacy. When they do doctor shopping or pharmacy shopping, maybe it's to get better pricing or have certain prescribers, you know, prescribe what they want versus what's best for the patient themselves. There's a risk associated with that because not every pharmacy communicates to each other. And doctors don't know this information too if the patients are seeing multiple physicians. 
And then so what happens is the patients are on multiple medications. Some of them can interact with each other, but nothing gets communicated. When we have our outpatient pharmacy where the patients can come back, not only after they use it for meds-to-bed services, they can come back to the same pharmacy, they can come back to our hospital, and everything just, all the information follows the patients throughout. Nothing is lost. It serves as a benefit for the patient because we're sometimes able to deduce the fact that patient was on a medication. This is why they've been hospitalized. And if we get rid of that medication, that would resolve their hospitalization. How is your pharmacy medication management set up? Does it differ from other healthcare organizations? So our medication management system is mainly driven by our electronic health system and automation. Having a system that interoperates can reduce medication errors, reduce repetitive work, and improve patient safety and care. So when our patients are initially admitted, their most updated medication list gets inputted into our electronic health record. This record then follows the patient for a lifetime. It's important that patients provide the most accurate medication list because this can help physicians manage their care better. We also have a highly qualified and educated staff of pharmacists who review patients' medication list, their labs, their disease date, and then provide recommendations to adjust and modify therapy. For instance, we utilize a clinical decision support system that helps us track patients who have been on antibiotics for more than 48 hours, but have really no real indicative source of infection. So we're able to quickly communicate this with our physicians after we identify this, and physicians can ultimately make the decision to stop unnecessary use of antibiotics sooner. This overall can help prevent patients from developing adverse effects from their current use of antibiotics, such as common things like diarrhea, and in the long run, prevent things like antibiotic resistance from occurring. So recently, we've also expanded our clinical roles and supplemented our knowledge with further board certification. So when it comes to managing pharmacy inventory and storage, we utilize an automated system called Pharmagistics and Pixis. This ensures that we have a sufficient level of medication at all times and helps us avoid any waste. Any medication that we purchase, we have individualized barcodes associated to that specific medication, which gets scanned and logged into our system. This essentially allows us to track what we carry. And for any drug recalls that we receive, we're able to quickly identify and pull out the effective medications. We also store medications on patient floors so that it's readily accessible to nurses and physicians. And then when the nurse is preparing to administer a medication, they're able to sign on to these Pixis or medication dispensing machines. They pull up the patient's name and then they pick whatever medication is due so that the machine will actually pop out a drawer and a bin with the correct medication. Because these medications are individually barcoded, before administration, the nurses will use a barcode scanning process to ensure the correct medication is given to the right patient and at the right time. And then lastly, to kind of circle into our discharge process, 
our physicians work closely with our case managers and social workers to ensure that it's a smooth transition to home or another care facility. Again, our discharge medications are reviewed by our pharmacists and any final recommendations to adjust the dose or therapy are communicated to our physicians. And then lastly, once the discharge medication list has been completed, an electronic prescription is sent out to any outpatient pharmacy that's preferred by our patients. Nurses will also review these discharge medications with patients and include a medication card, which serves as an educational tool for patients to take home. For example, the medication card will list commonly prescribed blood thinners, along with the most common side effects associated with that class of medication. And again, this is to enhance patient knowledge and understanding of their own care. Wow, it sounds like you've got it down, especially those drawers that pop open. That's so so um, Jetsons. Automation. <laughs> Futuristic. Yes. Dr. Batchelor, you mentioned earlier that a lot of pharmacies in hospitals are in the basement, but you guys are on the same campus, but not in the hospital, but you're right there. That must be so convenient. What does this offer to patients? Like what unique advantages when they leave the hospital to have this, you know, they don't have to go into the hospital maybe to get their prescriptions or whatever. Yeah, it's a very unique situation that we're in. And the patients, for instance, they could go to the ER or one of our clinics nearby. And once they get diagnosed and the prescriber prescribes them an antibiotic, for instance, they can literally walk to our pharmacy that's here on campus. They can wait. Our wait times typically within five to 15 minutes after receiving the prescription. It's all done electronically nowadays compared to a typical hard copy prescription that the doctor would hand the patient and they would have to bring it to the pharmacy and drop it off. So typically we start working on the prescription before the patients even get here. They could come to the hospital, get their prescription. They don't have to wait hours. They don't have to drive around. It's a very unique situation. We've had a lot of praise. The patients that come here, they often say, you know, why doesn't every hospital have this? And so we love hearing that. And we love giving that service to our patients. And and we don't have long wait times um, like a lot of our competitors and our phones aren't constantly ringing. So it's a huge advantage and it's not well known or we're fairly new. We've only been open since November 5th of 2021. So we're a really new pharmacy and it's been going really well. I think a real advantage of actually this hospital-based pharmacy is we have a streamlined communication process with our physicians we have access to patient labs. So on the outpatient side, we don't have to guess what their renal function is like or assume you know they're still on a medication that could have drug interactions with. These are all things that we have easy access to and we can address these any of these issues with our physicians fairly quickly. So the turnaround time for clarification on medication, issues is very fast as well. Maybe that's why patients are able to get their prescriptions faster and they could potentially avoid these long delays in, you know, any of their prescription clarification. Yeah, that's wonderful. Dr. Batchelor, I understand that you have a very unique program called Meds to Beds. Can you explain why Community Memorial started this program and how patients benefit from it? Yeah, so we first started this program, Meds to Beds, which is essentially bringing the prescription to the patient's bedside upon discharge. And the reason why we started this program was 
We are hoping to increase our patient's adherence, which is something most pharmacies tend to see, you know, adherence, which means hopefully the patient's taking the medication as directed when they're supposed to take it and continuing to take that medication. It's not unusual for patients to not be adherent. So while focusing on that, we also wanted to decrease our hospital's 30-day readmission rates, which means let's say a patient comes in to the hospital or the ER, they come for treatment, but then they come back a few days later because if it's diabetes, for instance, it's not being treated at home properly. So those rates directly affect our contracts here at the hospital. We don't want to lose those contracts. We're scored by insurance companies. When patients are readmitted, that negatively affects our hospital and our scores. And most importantly, it affects the patient. We want to make sure that the patients are being treated correctly. And that's our number one concern, right? And then thirdly, we want to make sure to improve our patient satisfaction scores, right? So we want to make sure they feel confident in their medications, what it's for, how to use it. We started Mestabez to kind of focus on all of these compared to a traditional hospital that sends the prescriptions to another pharmacy. And maybe the patient isn't feeling well and they have their family member or friend go to the, the pharmacy and pick up their medication. And from my past experience at Walgreens, we would have the, the family member come pick it up and I'm giving the consult to this an individual that's not the patient and, and hoping that they say the exact same words I'm telling them. And if you've ever played the, you know, the game telephone, I mean, oftentimes things are changed and left out and it, it kind of Breaks any barrier such as that. I mean, we, we try to resolve here at the hospital. Another thing that we've noticed is that there's a lot of barriers with patients in general, like the one we just discussed. Transportation issues, for instance. We have patients that leave the hospital. Maybe they don't have a car or maybe they can't drive, but they need to go pick up their medication for their blood pressure, their their cholesterol, and, and but they don't have a, a ride to the pharmacy, right? Or their family member is not available. They're at work. So by us delivering directly to the patient, we're able to cut out that barrier. We give a consult to the patient directly when they're in bed, or maybe if they don't, if they have a caretaker, at least we're talking to them specifically rather than a third party. And then also high copays. That's something that we constantly are trying to resolve here at the hospital. We're able to cut down all these barriers compared to a traditional retail pharmacy that may not have all these resources that we do here at the hospital. For instance, oftentimes insurance isn't covered, the medication's not on formulary, so we're able to reach out to the prescriber or the nurse and through an app that we use called Mobile Heartbeats, we have direct access to the physicians and say, hey, you know, this antibiotic isn't covered by their insurance, do you mind if we change it to the alternative so that the copay is $5 rather than $500? We just want to make sure we break down all these barriers before they even go home, hopefully take care of the patient. It is very clear that the Community Memorial is committed to going beyond the basics of just hospital pharmacy operations. And you're so innovative in this area, the hospital. So, for example, I understand you're working on receiving an accreditation for being a specialty pharmacy. What additional benefits and services will this accreditation offer your patients, physicians, and staff, Dr. Bachelor? Yeah, so a specialty pharmacy is a little bit different than a traditional retail pharmacy. It's even different than compounding. So oftentimes compounding pharmacies are considered specialty, but especially pharmacy, you're required to jump through a lot more hurdles. You have to have a lot more hands-on. You have to hire specific staff that's highly, highly trained in specialty 
diseases such as HIV, oncology, if it's rheumatology or whatever it might be. So you, you kind of focus, you have to choose what disease state are you going to focus on? You're not going to do all of them. And then you're going to have pharmacists that are specially trained in these disease states. So for instance, I've worked at two specialty pharmacies, one located in downtown Nashville at a specialty Walgreens. It's a closed door pharmacy. That's the traditional route, which will also set us apart from if we do become accredited, we will be different or unique compared to our competitors. We will be an open door pharmacy, meaning if you want to get your HIV or oncology medication filled with us, you can simply walk in and talk to a pharmacist live as opposed to calling a pharmacy that's in a different state, which is often the case, and then they mail order your prescriptions to you. It's all over, done over the phone, which, which is fine, but some patients do prefer the in-person route or you know face-to-face. They want to meet their pharmacist, so we do have that advantage. And the reason why it, specialty is different than typical medications that we fill here at our pharmacy is that oftentimes these medications are for a one-month supply. So you have to realize the insurance wants more hands-on, more logging of information with these medications. So they don't want to just send it to a pharmacy and pay for $12,000 medication for a patient, and then they take it home and they, they don't put it in the refrigerator or they don't know how to use it. So we're required to contact the patients, not only give a consult like we typically do, but it has to be a more thorough consult. We have to go into much more details. We have to spend more time with the patients to make sure they know what it's being used for. What are the side effects, which we do in a day-to-day basis, but there's a lot more requirements. There's a 24-7 phone number that the patient, if they wake up in the middle of the night and they say, you know, I'm having a side effect, or I have a question about this medication, they can call us and speak to us and say, hey, you know, I need help. If it's something that's preventing them from taking their medication and being adherent, which we discussed. So that's kind of the difference. There's a lot more training, a lot more documenting. So that's really good for the patients. And just briefly, how does it help the physicians and the staff to be accredited as a specialty pharmacy? It's going to help our patients and our staff and colleagues here at the hospital tremendously because typically what we're doing is a doctor here will prescribe Simsia, for instance, and we receive the prescriptions, but oftentimes we have to call a specialty pharmacy such as OptumRx specialty or one of the other ones like Walgreens specialty, CVS specialty, and it's located in a different state. So we get on the phone, we transfer it out to another pharmacy, which delivers to our patients by mail. And everything is, again, it's just very distant compared to what we are striving for here at CMH. Again, we're striving for a more personal experience. You can call us, walk down here. I feel like the specialty pharmacy itself, a lot of these medications are high-risk medications to be dispensed. And if we could provide that service right after discharge, or like Keegan mentioned, at the point of sales, you know, these are things that we could communicate to the patient right away, consult them. We're able to chart everything into our system so that if they do get readmitted back to the facility or their hospital, we're able to know what happened to the patient. So this is kind of like a continuum of care for patients. So we're not out of the loop if something does happen to them. 
Yeah. And also specialties for chronic illnesses that do require more detail. There's also a treatment plans, which is different than our current pharmacy. When you're in specialty, you have to discuss treatment plan with the providers and the patients and make sure you're all on the same team which is different. I don't go through treatment plans with my current patients, with the providers. I may have questions that need to be answered, but I'm not going through looking at labs and making sure everything's accurate to the same extent that specialty does require. Thank you both so much for being here. We really appreciate your time and you have taught us so much today. I did not know so many of those things and what to consider when you're an outpatient or in the hospital and medications and how important they are. So we really appreciate all your knowledge and sharing it with us. Again, that's Dr. Shirley Guan and Dr. Keegan Batchelor. If you'd like to find out more, please visit mycmh.org. That's mycmh.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Wise and Well, presented by Community Memorial Healthcare. Thank you for listening.